Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. And again, I want to thank you guys for dialing in and joining me this morning. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could be or you could be doing this morning, but instead you're spending some time with me, and I, I appreciate that. So <clears throat> we're going to start a new series today, and the series I've titled, Have You Lost Your Mind? And the, the idea behind it is that sometimes we get so frustrated with the things that are taking place in the world that we, we turn to God and we, we want to complain. We want to ask for answers. We want, you know, we want, to, we want our opinions to be known. Well, you know, the, I was thinking about this. And how is it that sometimes we feel like we want to really interrogate God? We want to have him sit in a chair and, you know, put the light on him and, and just interrogate God to get to the bottom of what's going on. And of course, the idea here is, is that right or is that fair? What kind of things would you want to know about? You know, I would, I would want to, if I was interrogating God, I would want to know about evil. You know, why is there so much unchecked evil in the world? You know, let's, let's be real. You know, it's all around us. All you got to do is, you know, pull up your social media and you'll find lots of, you know, evil there. Uh, what about hunger? You know, today in the world, there's probably over a billion people that are not sure where their food, their meals will come from today. And that's a horrible thing. I would want to know from God, what, what are you doing? Why are you allowing that to take place? And of course, you know, there's lots of hatred and anger and angst out there. As, as, again, you can go to social media and find all that you want. But it just seems like people are in an attitude of wanting to argue and fight. I don't know. Or maybe you want to be a little more realistic or a little more earthy toward, you know, interrogating God. You know, why do you allow volcanoes to erupt and disrupt people's lives and kill people and ruin their livelihoods and all that? You know, why do you let these things happen? You know, the interesting part about this series I want to start here, uh, you know, titled, you know, Have You Lost Your Mind? <laughs> is that this actually happened in Scripture. There was a man in Scripture that unleashed uh, a fury of questions on God, talking to God about, you know, why this and why that and demands. And it was all this venting and ranting and complaining and, and this guy talks about how the politicians are crooked and business leaders are, you know, taking bribes and crooked. And even the people that were notable, you know, notoriety people were, were, were sinful. They were getting away with murder, all kinds of stuff. And then this individual also looks at the spiritual side, the re relational side of, of the church or himself and others with God. And he sees a lot of people who are just indifferent toward God altogether. And again, 
God, why are you letting these things take place? You know, sit in that chair, I'm going to turn the lights on, and I'm going to interrogate you. Well, the interesting part is that, shockingly, this did happen in the Bible, and then they got into a very brutal conversation about it. Watch. You know, Habakkuk was, um, he was a religious man. He was a prophet, actually. And, and Habakkuk was quite frustrated. He was just frustrated and tired of seeing the bad guys winning. He didn't like seeing the good guys losing. And he had tons of questions, as well as some other faithful believers in God who were with him, too. It was a very much a minority. But together, they had all kinds of issues about what was going on in the world. And they had questions for God. Like, how long are you going to let this world circle the drain before you do something about it? Well, <clears throat> Habakkuk ends up in a conversation with God, and it ends up being recorded for us in Scripture in the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk opens up uh, using the following type of words to describe the political, the moral, and the spiritual condition of the culture that they were in. It uses words like violence, iniquity, wrong, destruction. It uses words like strife and contention. And it makes statements like the law itself is paralyzed. Justice never goes forth. Wickedness surrounds the righteousness or the righteous. And justice is perverted. You know, does all that sound somewhat familiar? He had lots of issues and lots of questions. And this was, this was the response that Habakkuk and his friends had as Habakkuk cries out to God uh, in really anxiousness trying to figure out what's going on. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Or cry to you violence and you will not save. Why do you make me look or see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention rise. So the law is paralyzed. And justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. You know, if you scroll through social media and stuff today, you... You'll, you'll see all of this type of thing, and not just in social media, but, but in the world around us. There's lots of wrongs, lots of things that are just not right. Um, even though this was 2,500 years ago that this book or this conversation with God and Habakkuk took place, it doesn't seem like the godliness that they were searching for uh, came forward. It just doesn't. It didn't look like it doesn't look like it came forward to today. Understand that as we're talking about this prophet Habakkuk, the normal routine or the normal stance of a prophet would be someone that God spoke to and then God would tell that prophet, go and speak this to the people. But in this particular case, uh, it's just the opposite. It's the people speaking to God. It's Habakkuk and his very few friends who were just as frustrated as he was, you know, and have all these issues, all these questions, all these complaints. 
Habakkuk then turns to God and starts to call God out, starts to call God on the carpet. Like, you know, what are you going to do about this? How long is this going to last? Why are you doing this? You know, have you lost your mind? And again, amazingly, God answers him. God answers Habakkuk twice. Now, in order to understand the point of God's answers, we have to examine Habakkuk chapter 2, the first time that God responds to him. And I'll put it up here on the screen for you. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. What he was saying there in that first sentence is, you know, make this vision that I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you about the future and what's going to take place, make it very plain, very understandable on the tablets that you're going to write them on. So much so that even if somebody is running past them and glances to the side, that they can read it and understand it and glean, you know, the, the meaning behind it. That's what that first sentence is talking about. And it continues, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. In other words, it's going to happen. But you got to wait. You got to wait for my timing of all things because I do things perfectly. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Just wait. It's not slow, is what he's saying. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. In other words, proud people will be dealt with. But the righteous people, Habakkuk, you and your friends, need to live by faith in me alone. And it continues and says, Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never had enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his, as his own, all peoples. It's kind of like a cancer that's spreading throughout the, you know, the culture that, you know, things are just getting worse and worse and worse. And there's so many issues that you have to face and that are driving people away from trusting in God. You know, whether it's the alcohol or it's just the greed or, you know, the all about me, whatever it is. God is talking here about a vision. He's talking about a time when evil will be dealt with in a time that is absolutely sure to come. In order to understand God's response to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, we we have to see the vision that he outlined here. And he outlined a vision that says basically one day there's not going to be churches or nations or hospitals, protests, elections, wars, sins, mass shootings, lies, tears, you know, you name it. All the evil stuff of this world will be gone because Jesus is going to return and set up the eternal kingdom. So he's going to restore the world back to the way things were supposed to be. It's all part of the vision. It's all part of the plan. Now, there's a lot of different things that people do and get involved with that I think really keep us from seeing and appreciating what the vision is. And I want to go through 
a few of those here with you today. Uh, one of them is that people, you know, they're prideful, as Habakkuk 2 says. They're prideful, their souls are puffed up, and they're arrogant. You know, this has always been a, a problem with human nature. You know, look at Adam and Eve. You know, not only were they, you know, deceived by the serpent, but they had an issue with pride in their own hearts, too, that led them to the point to where they chose to disobey God. And historically, you can see this in, in many other situations. Um, like if you're a historian, Alexander the Great or Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, even Adolf Hitler, you see these ambitions to conquer the known world uh, all stemmed from the pride and the arrogance that they had in their hearts. And then sometimes people feel like, you know, well, I'm, I'm my own savior, so to speak. You know, that I, I'm not trusting that God is really going to provide and protect, you know, me and, and, and as he says he is. These are the people that are constantly, frantically working to, to try and do enough good stuff to overwhelm the problems of the world or, or the problems in their own life. They're not trusting God to get them through. They're trusting in themselves. If you remember in the book of Genesis, the story of uh, Jacob and Esau, the two brothers that were born to Isaac, you know, what happened is, you know, Esau is out hunting because he's going to prepare a meal for his father and receive the blessing. Uh, but uh, Jacob, you know, he gets a meal and he puts fur on his arm so that he can be, deceive his father into thinking he is Esau, the oldest and so he goes in there and, and receives a blessing. It's all just manipulation. And I mean, this is what happens when people are so arrogant, when people believe that they have to take things under their own, you know, dominance. You know, they, they're not going to wait for God. They're going to do it all themselves. So we see Esau chasing after Jacob in order to kill him. We see Jacob being estranged from his family for like 20-some years. Remember, though, that, that God blesses the people who trust him, and he usually disciplines those that don't. So are you a person that has more faith in yourself than in God? Have you set up your life in such a way that, that even if God doesn't come through, you're going to be just fine because you can take care of yourself. Is that the way your life is set up? And then there's others that uh, choose the culture over the kingdom. I call them cultural compromisers. You know, if we just tweak this a little bit, then everybody's going to be happy. You know, if we just change the meaning of what I believe in or what the scripture says or whatever, then then everybody's going to be happy. Everybody can, we will find common ground, something that we can agree upon. You know, these people are spoken of in Habakkuk also. They're people of double minds. They're people, uh, we're told, that are, have crooked hearts and crooked minds. Unfortunately, a lot of times people cave into the culture, cave into the world around them. Um, and it's just because it's easier. It's, it's more palatable. It's easier to find common ground than it is to stand, you know, up for a truth that God has told us is, is one of his truths. Uh, 
And then there's always avoiding reality. You know, that's easy. I'm fa you know, am I facing reality or am I just fooling myself? Anyone who pays attention to all the human suffering and the evil in the world will quickly find themselves, I think, overwhelmed, discouraged, and anxious. Nonetheless, the wrong response is to avoid that reality. Sometimes people just want to avoid it altogether, not consider it, not thinking about it. Or if it is starting to get to them, they, they self-medicate with, you know, it might be food or sex or gambling, shopping, drugs, alcohol, you name it. You know, but we, we get by by giving other things for our minds uh, and our hearts to contemplate. And then, of course, there's always, um, I'm going to just worry about number one. I'm going to worry about me. Things that benefit me are the things that I'm going to be concerned about. Those are the things I'm going to worry about. You know, according to Habakkuk, uh, these particular people are marked with greed. This is the person that never has enough. The person that, as the scripture says, gathers for himself, not worrying about everybody else, not worrying about whether things are right or wrong, it's just that if I can take advantage of a situation for my own benefit, hey, that's what I'm going to do. It's kind of like that little small spot you find, you notice on your body one day and, and you, you wonder what it is and you go to the doctor uh, to see if it's something to worry about or something that's going to keep spreading and growing. And, you know, sometimes this this selfishness or this you know, I'm just going to worry about number one, it grows to the point to where it, it just overtakes who we are. And we quit worrying about the things of God, and we're more worried about in ourselves. In the book of Habakkuk, there's, there's this little, little teeny phrase in Habakkuk 2, verse 4. And it gives us the answer to all of the different issues that we've kind of skimmed over this morning. How do you how do you justify God all that's going to take place? How, how do you ask me to wait patiently for your plan to unfold, you know, for this vision to take place? How am I supposed to do that? When I when I look around and it just looks like you're indifferent. Well, Habakkuk 2:4 says this, the righteous shall live by faith. And that is the bottom line, my friends. You know, regardless of what teaching series we're in or what section of the Bible we're talking about or, or where we're at in life or anything, that really is the question that has to be answered by each person. Is, am I willing to live a righteous life and to live it out in faith in who God is? So, Faith, we know, is a gift from God, and I would hope and pray that uh, all of us would, would kind of put that on our prayer list uh, as we go to God, and that is to ask God to continue to help our faith and our trust in Him to grow. Well, thanks for joining me this morning. I pray that you'll have a wonderful week, and uh, hey, bring a friend next week. Thanks, and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church. 
where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.